Praise God. You may be seated if you can. <laughs> oh. See, you so again, so we conform these services to what the Holy Ghost wants. Amen. And let people rise up. The moment you start conforming to the people, guess what it turns into? Seeker sensitive. That's what seeker sensitive is. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles, open them up to 1 Timothy chapter 6 this morning. I have a powerful word I need to release here that is going to help all of us in our faith walk. Amen. Say, I need to be stretched. Coming right up. Hallelujah. Here we go. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And let's start at verse 6 and move on from there. Hallelujah. Man, that praise and worship was powerful. Silas was saying, at, he said, man, the praise and worship is so powerful. The people are getting so into it. He said, what is it, the decibels? The, the decibels went up, what, 10? At a certain point, just from the voices praising God. Just from the voices praising God. Hallelujah. Here we go. 1 Timothy 6, verse 6. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall, fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their own greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, or you, Christian, follower, disciple of Jesus Christ, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. I like this right here. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Today, I want to zoom in on one little phrase here. I want to zoom in and focus on fighting the good fight of faith. It is a good fight. The Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul here is commanding and exhorting Timothy and really all believers because it's in the Word. So it pertains to us. Amen? He's exhorting us to fight the good fight of faith. Now, I want to give you some points in this message that uh, to think about that will help you maintain... A strong spiritual mindset and to stay focused on being an overcomer to fight the good fight of faith. Amen? Amen. Now, here's the thing. So when people hear that phrase, fight the good fight of faith, all right? The context of this passage is really dealing with this. Worldly and fleshly desires or temptations or distractions that would pull our focus away from the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? And anything that would try to pull us away so we're not, here it is, not laying hold on eternal life. It's talking about avoiding distractions. Anything that would pull you away from Christ, that would pull you away personally from your God-given purpose on this earth. Every one of you has a purpose. 
You may not know it right now. You may not see it. But I'm telling you right now, there is a purpose for every person in this place. Every person watching and listening around the world. Amen? So Paul was telling this to the, to the believer, a believer, Timothy, a minister, which means that it's possible, listen to me, it's possible to let go of eternal life. Once saved, always saved is not biblical. And all the Baptists said? Amen. Listen to me. The Word of God tells us that our name can even be blotted out of the book of life. And that in the last days there would be a falling away from the truth. If you can fall away from the truth, that means you once were in the truth. You can't fall away from something you were never in. Are you hearing me? So, listen, I don't know about you, but that scares hell right out of me. It better scare hell right out of you. Amen? Now, here's what most people think. When they think of fighting the good fight of faith, their mind immediately goes to uh, taking hold of a promise in the Word of God. Oh, we got to fight for that promise. we got to... It's not the context at all of that. Now, could I turn it into a sermon on that? Sure. We could talk about doubt. We could talk about, we could talk about you know, how the enemy will throw different thoughts. But the, my, the, the total context here is talking about being pulled away from the Lord Jesus Christ and you <laughs> come on, losing your salvation. I said losing your salvation. Don't think because you said a sinner's prayer at 12 years old that it's just smooth sailing from here and you can go live like the devil. Because here's the deal. The only thing separating you from demons and demonic spirits is this, is you being a doer of the word. Because you know what? It says demons also believe and tremble. So the only difference between the believer and a demon is acting on it. Come on, somebody. In fact, it was rebellion that kicked them out of heaven. Are you following me, somebody? My goodness. Turn with me to Romans 13. I'm fired up this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Think about that. The one fine line separating us from you and Satan and demons is acting on the word. Because it says they believe it. Oh yeah, they believe it. But they're rebellious. Rebellion will send you to hell quicker than anything. Come on, somebody. Romans 13. In fact, if there's rebellion in the heart of a backslidden Christian, guess what? You better watch out because there's a switch coming on. Your father is going to be who? The devil. Come on. It's tight, but my God, it's right. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Here we go. Romans 13. Romans 13, 12 through 14. That's why the body of Christ is in such a mess, because they're not hearing hard messages like this. Amen. Here we go. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore... Let us cast off the works of darkness. It's talking to you, Christians. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly. Oh, there's a proper way to walk. There's a proper way to live as a Christian. I I think some, some Christians, some people missed that memo. Come on, somebody. They didn't get that memo. Well, here it is. Let us walk properly as in the day. 
not in revelry or drunkenness. Come on, somebody. Not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and in envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Or that literally means strong desires. Now, listen. We are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and not make provision for the flesh. In other words, it says this, don't make it easy for for yourself to sin. Are you following me, somebody? Don't, don't, Don't make it really, don't position yourself where it's real easy to sin. Amen? You got a problem with lust, you better not be going to no strip clubs. Are you hearing me, somebody? You better not be going there anyway. You're going to go to the pastor's office if I find out if anybody... Are you hearing me? We are commanded to cast off the works of darkness. In other words, you know what? The Holy Ghost said this. Don't give the devil a stick to beat you with. Some of y'all crying to God, why is this happening to me? He said, because you gave the devil a stick to whack you with. You gave the devil access into your life. Because of things you're doing. Because of attitudes that are going on in your heart. Amen? Now, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ means this. To submit to His Lordship in every area of your life. Now, I want to point out that the fight of faith is a good fight. Amen? Say good fight. The faith, the word of God is fighting for. It's worth, it is a good fight. It's worth putting the effort in your life. Amen. Now listen to this. There's three kinds of faith. Many people hear the word faith and they just kind of lump them all together. But there are three different kinds of faith. Here they are. There is number one, the faith, the Christian beliefs, the Christian faith, the, say the faith. Number two, there is personal faith. Say personal faith. And then there is the spiritual, the spiritual gift of faith, which is like turbo from the Holy Ghost for a specific situation. Are you hearing me, somebody? So there's the faith, uh, there's the faith, personal faith, and the spiritual gift of faith. All right. So the fight of faith is a good fight. There are some things that you are fighting for that are bad then. If that's a good fight and it points out it's good, that must mean there must be some things in our life that we might be fighting for that are bad, that are worthless, that are unprofitable in your life. Are you hearing me? A fight means this, that there's a resistance, there's a struggle involved. And we know, you know, Ephesians chapter 6 says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but, but against principalities, powers. Are you hearing me? So we're fighting, there is a spiritual battle going on. But listen, so there is resistance, there's a struggle, but it's not going to be easy. That's why Paul, the Holy Ghost through Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. He didn't just say live the life of faith. He said fight. Come on, it's a good fight. There's a struggle. It's going to be tough. It's not always going to be easy. Amen? But it is possible for you to win if you put the effort into that fight. See, the only way you're going to lose this thing is if you just give up and walk away. Are you hearing me? So, now, so specifically, what is mentioned in 1 Timothy chapter 6... So he says, fight the good fight of faith. And then in that same context of doing that, listen, 
it, he brings up uh, dealing with money and the desire to be rich. Now, I brought this up, I don't know, was it last week or a couple of weeks ago? For some reason, the Holy Ghost keeps reeling me in and saying, nope, you got to talk to the people about it. All right? So here's, here's the deal. Listen, desire to be rich. The desire takes place in your thought life. Right? But it will influence your actions. Your thought life always influences your actions. Here's what. So if someone has that desire, I want to be rich, I want to be wealthy. So they have that, that desire in their heart. And then what happens is, is that their actions follow suit. And that's why people lie and cheat just to get that desire met. Are you following me, somebody? This is in the same context of fighting the good fight of faith. This is an enemy to fighting the good fight of faith. Why? So if it's an enemy, obviously the Lord knows this was going to be a weakness of mankind. Are you following me? So, so fighting the good fight of faith encompasses our thought life and our actions. They both must be bent toward God in obedience to lay hold on eternal life. Now... I know there's someone in here saying, what's wrong with me wanting to be rich? What's wrong with me wanting to have money? Here we go. Let's talk about that then. Ready? The problem is this, is that our desire or focus should be on knowing our Heavenly Father more. And to simply please Him with obedience. That's why that scripture breaks down and says, if you, had, if you have clothing, if you have the necessities, man, that got, having godliness with contentment is great gain. Because that godliness and contentment is going to keep you on, come on somebody, that narrow path. So, our desire or focus should be to know our Heavenly Father and to, to simply please Him with obedience to His written word and obedience, come on, to His spoken word. Meaning, meaning the instructions He gives you and I for our personal life. I don't know about you, but I look through here, I don't find where it says James Brandt is supposed to do this. James Brandt, you, you got to do, okay, James Brandt, yeah, for your life you're going to be a pastor. James, are you following me? So the Word of God kind of gives that general what every Christian should be doing. But then the importance is that spoken word from the Holy Spirit on what you are supposed to do personally for your life. Amen? Are you following me there? Okay. So, now, our focus, say focus, should be on our Heavenly Father. He should be our focus. And here's the deal. Everything should revolve around him. See, the problem is we get this thing with our jobs and with whatever is going on in our life. And then we kind of try to add God and try to revolve God, you know, God around that one thing. No, 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 no. It's God and then revolve everything else around him. Are you following me? So, and this is uh, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all the, all the things we need will be provided. Parents, it's kind of like our kids, okay? When our kids are asking us and wanting all this stuff, but they're disrespectful to you. Are you following me? Okay, right? There's no relationship there. There's no love. They're all only wanting, does that, does that make you want to really bless your children, uh, parents? Anybody out there today? The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. 
He said, many of my people are living a life of lack because they are not putting me first and seeking the kingdom of God and my righteousness. Many are trying to do it on their own and their desire is off. I am nowhere to be found in their thought life. They pray, but they ask amiss because they want to consume it upon their own fleshly lust. Sound familiar? That's a path. That's a scripture in James. Many are taking the bait of this evil world system, the devil and fleshly desires. Now, if when you, you talk about riches and money, how about Solomon? Solomon was the richest man alive, yet he didn't seek the riches. Are you following me, somebody? Listen, there is something in, the, in that account that the Holy Spirit wants us to get a hold of. Go with me to 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3. Let me show you. I'm talking about fighting the good fight of faith today. Amen. And faith without works is dead. Come on, somebody. 1 Kings chapter 3. Let's look at verse 5 to start with here. This is talking about Solomon. It says, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between the good and the evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked, listen, have not asked for long life for yourself, nor have asked for riches for yourself, nor have asked for the life of your enemies, but you have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done it according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and an understanding heart. So there has, there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall there any arise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked. Are you now catch on here? Both riches and honor, so that the, so uh, there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. So if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Oh my my my! There's stipulations to this, God. Verse fifteen. Then Solomon awoke, and indeed it had been a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, offered up the burnt offerings, offered peace offerings, and made a feast for all his, his servants. So listen to me. This account in the Word of God, number one, I want to just pull something out here, that God can and does speak to us directly through our dreams. Anybody have a dream before? And it just was engrafted. I mean, you remembered it. It stuck with you. 
That was most likely from the Lord. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. Amen. So here's what pay attention to your dreams because it might be a message. Uh, Amen. And and if you wake up and remember them, write them down and then pray about them. Ask for understanding. Seek out some wisdom about it because there might be a golden nugget in there that will (laughs) release breakthrough in your life. Amen. But there are times the Holy Spirit will ask us questions to test, reveal, or expose our heart in connection to our relationship and dedication to Him. Amen? Solomon asked for an understanding heart and discernment to judge between good and evil. So Solomon, by the way, where it says he's a young child, that doesn't mean he was young. Solomon was saying that he had a humble heart admitting his inexperience. So that was a phrase of humility. Are you following me, somebody? Solomon was very humble in his request to God, and that pleased the Lord. The Holy Spirit loves a humble heart. It releases grace. A humble heart will always release grace in your life. So God granted Solomon's request, and he even gave him more than what he asked for because of this reason, his motive. Say motive. His request was not fleshly. It was kingdom-minded. It was kingdom-focused. It was all about the motive. And the Holy Spirit spoke this to me. He said, if my people will be kingdom-focused in their prayers instead of fleshly-minded and rooted in their own lust, think about this, I will give them things they didn't even pray for because I can trust their pure heart motive. I can trust them with riches for my kingdom. Are you hearing me? Now listen, I'm going to shift a little bit on this. Say shift. When God created this earth, when God created the earth and mankind, everything in it was good. It was perfect before the fall. Amen? This earth and mankind, I don't know if you know this or not, but this earth and mankind were supposed to live forever. And are you following? This was supposed to be forever. Don't look at it how it is now because the curse entered in. But everything was perfect when God created it. Are you following me? So, here we go. So, everything was meant to live forever. And after the fall in the Garden of Eden, that released the curse, as we know. That was the beginning. That was the beginning or the birth of this evil world system that Satan is the God over. With a small g, of course. But that was the birth of it right there. Are you following me? That was the beginning of sin. That was the beginning of a disobedience to God. So this message is about fighting the good fight of faith, laying hold on eternal life, or in other words, stay focused. Fight the good fight and stay focused on it. Again, let me just remind you, this message, I'm trying to give you some points to think about in this message that will help, help you maintain a spiritual mindset and help you stay focused on that fight to be an overcomer. Are you following me? This is what the Holy Spirit revealed to me. Here we go. Ready for this? Anything in the Word of God that, commands us, that He commands us to stay away from or anything that's labeled sin, anything that's a part of this evil world system was never meant for mankind in God's original intent. Are you following me? 
Everything that sin, everything in this evil world system was never in the original intent of God. It's all about this. The Holy Spirit said it's all about God taking mankind back into his original intent for mankind. His original intent is still his intent today. Even though we live on a crazy evil earth. Are you following me? We can get back to that place in our personal lives only through faith in Jesus Christ. So God has made every provision for us to get back to that original intent. Now, the, the, the final enemy to be defeated on this earth, there is one enemy that's left, and that is physical death. Amen? Anybody been to a funeral lately? That hasn't stopped, right? Obviously, there's still physical death on this earth, but even that, God, there's even promises in the word that he will satisfy us with long life. Amen. If your will's into it. Amen. If you're fighting that good fight of faith. Are you hearing me, somebody? Listen to this. Eventually, eventually we all have an appointment with physical death unless the rapture happens and he beams us out. Or so. Are you hearing me? All right. Eventually we have an appointment with, with physical death. Uh, but even in that case, sickness, disease, and infirmities are not the will of God. When we die, God can take our breath. Are you hearing me, somebody? God can take our breath. Just like Moses at an old age. Moses, did you know Moses had enough strength to walk up Mount Nebo? He had enough strength to, to hike up Mount Nebo, and it said God took his breath. Oh, it's getting mighty quiet in here. I know. Come on. We got we to gotta, we gotta believe for higher things, people. Are you following me? We got to believe for so much higher things. All right? So don't, I don't want you to think that I'm putting the stamp of approval on sickness, disease, and infirmity. Because those things, the Word of God is very clear. Those things are from the curse. Amen? From the kingdom of darkness. And the word of God says in, in, in Galatians 3.13, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. What's the curse of the law? You read Deuteronomy 28. That lists the curse of the law. And it's sickness, disease. And Are you hearing me? Guys, we got to live higher than this. The word of God does call death an enemy. Say enemy. Therefore, anything that causes death is an enemy of the kingdom of God. He said the last enemy to be defeated. So whatever is in your body trying to cause death, it's an enemy. Fight it. You better fight it with everything you have in your free will. Are you hearing me? Come on, somebody. Listen to this. I love this from the, the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is no sickness, no disease, no infirmities in heaven. Therefore, we should not be approving of them on earth. Amen? Think about it. Let's just say that again. Your will, Heavenly Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That one verse reveals that our Heavenly Father's original desire, His original intent for mankind is still His intent today. So everything, listen, everything the Word of God reveals and reveals a sin or tells us to stay away from was not in His plan for mankind to be involved in on this earth. 
However, all of the commands, how God commands us to live, how, when God commands us to walk in obedience to a certain thing, guess what? They, they are a part of his original intent. Everything that produces negative emotions reveals things that were not meant for mankind to carry. Are you following me? Everything. I'll give you the oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. Come on, somebody. Anything that causes that negative emotion, the depression, the heaven, whatever it is, you were never meant to carry it, and that's why it's causing you to feel that way. I'm talking about let's go back to the original intent because it's still God's intent. Amen? Ah, Here's the deal. If we will view sin, if we will view disobedience to the Word of God through that perspective, it will cause you to understand why God tells us not to do things. God has commanded us not to sin because it will bring harm. It's going to bring danger. It's going to bring pain. And eventually, death. Death is an enemy. Things that he never intended for you to carry. Think about this. So our Heavenly Father, I don't know if you know this or not, but our Heavenly Father is a protector. He is a protector. He is warning us to stay in the blessing zone. Say blessing zone. So we were, I I like saying this. You ready for this? We were created to be blessed. We were never created to carry anything with the curse. The curse is a foreign object in our life. You need to view it that way. Too many people are trying to make the whole things of the curse. Oh, well, you know, we got to go through. No, don't do it. Don't give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. Are you following me? He's a protector. We were created to be blessed. Don't accept anything less. That rhymes, doesn't it? I like that. Maybe I should come up with a rap song for that, huh? All right. <laughs> we were created to be blessed. We were never created to carry the curse. We were never, here it is, ready for this? We were never created to fit in this evil world system. You know what we are supposed to be against this evil world system? Disruptors. We better be disruptors of this evil world system. And we'll talk more about that. but, But this is why chasing after riches, chasing after the lust of the flesh, and anything this evil world system has to offer, it's an illusion. It leads to emptiness. It leads to despair. Again, celebrities, they have all the money in the world. Man, but they're always in, they're always getting therapy. You ever, you ever see those people? Those reality shows, you know? Yeah, they're all rich, you know, they're, they're in their escalades, they're on their private jets, and yeah, they'll say, someone will say to them, oh, did you go to therapy today? Well, what, what, therapy, oh, oh, yeah. So life isn't perfect with millions of dollars then, huh? Oh, life isn't perfect, huh? If you can have everything you want. Because Jesus is the missing piece. Come on, somebody. We were created for God's pleasure, to walk at, walk with and fellowship with Him. That's why we were created. 
That is the ultimate purpose right there. That purpose has never changed. Amen? God is reaching out to mankind to get them back to that place of fellowship through faith in Jesus. Amen? A person must be born again. They must have a new heart. That's why it's interesting we sing a song today about that. We must have a new heart. That sin nature in your spirit, man, must be taken away. Now, you've got to renew your mind. But, it, but when we talk about a sinner and a saint, we're talking about the sin nature. If you're a believer and born again, you're bent toward God. That's why backslidden Christians are miserable. That's why they're miserable. Because they tasted of the good gift. And they just walked away. Are you following me? They walked away. They had it. They had it. Now, now they're eating the pig slop. Their life is an absolute wreck. It's a mess filled with demons. Things they were never created to carry. So we were created for his pleasure. That purpose has never changed. A person must be born again. Here's the deal. Hell is not populated because God rejected people. Oh, no, no, no. Hell is populated right now because people rejected the gift of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Go to John 3. Go with me to John 3, 16. Let me just show you something here. Hallelujah. The provision has been there has been there their whole life. Jesus has been there the whole life. The provision was there, but they chose to carry their own sin. They chose to carry it all the way to hell. Think about this. It's horrible. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For, here we go. Most people stop at that. For God did not send his son in the, into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not, is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the, believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Underline the word deeds. Again, it's not just about believing. It's about obedience. The only thing separating you and I from Satan and evil spirits is obedience to the word of God. Even the demons believe and tremble. Verse 20. For everyone, here, look at, look at this, right after John 3, 16, where everyone stops, it starts talking about evil works and, and, and deeds. Look at this. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. So God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn it but that the world through him would be saved. Go to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You getting anything out of this? Come on, somebody. Fight the good fight of faith. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation... 
The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You shouldn't be living like the devil anymore if you come to Christ. Are you following me? Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling or bringing back together the world to himself, not imputing the trespasses to them, and has committed to us the the word of reconciliation. Now then, I like this, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though Christ were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he has made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. If you have made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, your master, you have been made a new creation. Your spirit man is, it has literally been regenerated. Now, here's the definition of regeneration. Are you ready for this? Regeneration. I like this definition. Regeneration is the impartation of divine life, which manifested in that radical change in moral character of man from the love of life of, from the life of sin to the love of God and the love of righteousness. Are you following me? And one more time. Regeneration is the impartation of divine life. What's that divine life? The Holy Ghost coming to live inside of us, which is manifested in that radical change in the moral character of man or a person from the love the love and life of sin to the love of God and the love of righteousness. So getting bored again, you could say it this way, is the divine reset that brings us back, that reconciles us back to God through Jesus Christ. The enmity has been taken away. Before you come to Christ, there was an enmity. Have anybody ever noticed this? Where there was just like, oh, I don't want to hear about God. I don't want anything to, are you hearing me? Right? There's that enmity. There's that wall. But when you come to Christ, that gets taken away. Now it's like, man, I'm in love with Jesus. I'm in love with Jesus. I don't want to do anything that would displease him. Amen? So now we as Christians have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Meaning, we are to tell as many people about Jesus Christ as we can on this earth. It says we are ambassadors or representatives to share the gospel or good news of Jesus to as many people as we can. Listen, are you ready for this? Here's the gospel. Are you ready? God is not angry at the unsaved. That's the good news. Wow, what do you mean? Why? Because he's chasing after them to bring them back. Even when one sinner is saved, it says the angels rejoice in heaven. He wants you to come home. Whatever you've done, come back home. Backslidden Christians, whatever you've done, come back home. He's not mad. Come on back. But here's here's what I said before. God will love you all the way to hell. He will love you all the way back, all the way down to hell. Why? Because you have a free will. So that's the good news. He's not mad at you. He wants you to come home. Come on. Get back into his original intent and the purpose for your life. Amen. He wants them in his perfect will. And as ambassadors for Christ, we can tell the unsaved that God's not mad at them. He is not wanting to condemn them. Just come home. 
So, in fact, the unsaved are condemning themselves for not coming to Christ, according to John chapter 3. So the good news of the gospel is that God is calling every person on this earth back to his original intent, back to what it was like before the fall. Think about this. See, think about that. Think about the fellowship Adam and Eve had with God before the fall, the intimacy level. Guess what? We can have that and more through Jesus Christ. It's, it's so deep, your natural mind will cheat you out of it. Are you hearing me? Go to Mark chapter 1. It's a divine and holy invitation from your Creator God. Amen? Oh, my. Mark chapter 1, 1 through 14. Look at this. It says, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Someone mentioned repent today. Who was that? Someone talked about repent. Yes. This is in my message. You're preaching it there, Cindy. All right. When Jesus went around the villages to preach and teach the kingdom of God, his message was to repent and believe the gospel. Believe the good news. Repentance is a change of mind that changes your actions. And guess what? Repentance is a free will choice. If it wasn't a free will choice, he never would command it. God's not going to command us to do something that we weren't able to do. Are you following me? If we're commanded to repent, we're able to repent. So fighting the good fight of faith means that, guess what? We are going to need to repent and make changes in our life when we mess up. Isn't that the good news? We can repent. Say repent. We can turn. We can turn back to God. Amen? So repentance, again, let me just say this. Repentance is not just a word for the unsaved. Repentance is not just a word for all the evil sinners out there. Come on, somebody. It's also for every Christian that's entangled in sin right now. For all of us, amen, for anything. Repent, have a mind change, shift that mindset. And and it means walking one way, and that mind shift means, oh, you're going to walk this way now. Amen? Go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 12. I'm almost done. Stick with me here. Hallelujah. I don't know if that woohoo was for I'm almost done or to go to Matthew 12, but I'm going to take it as to keep going. Ah, yeah. Amen. Glory to God. I'm having fun up here. All right. Oh, Matthew chapter 4. Did I say 12? Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 12. Hallelujah. Matthew 4, 12. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been put into prison, he departed to Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of, regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Galilee, Gal, uh, Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, Jesus. And upon those who sat in the region, a shadow of death. Light has dawned, amen, 
from the time Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So this is the same account, but it gives us a little more light on the account in Matthew than what Mark did. Listen to this. So Jesus' message was, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is, is at hand. Say, at hand. That word, that phrase that's translated at hand, listen to this, is a verb or an action word, which literally means this. The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God or the reign of God has come, it has arrived. That was Jesus' message. From the time Jesus arrived on this earth, when he made that declaration, are you hearing me? We should be experiencing and releasing heaven on earth. I said we should be experiencing and releasing heaven on earth. He said it's at hand. It's come. It's arrived. Amen? And according to 2 Peter 1, 1 through 4, look it up on your own. We should be partakers of the divine nature through faith in Christ. The promise of the promises in the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. It should be, I love this, it should be for the believer, for us personally, it should be heaven uh, on earth as it is in heaven. For us as Christians, let me say it again, it should be on earth as it is in heaven. It should be days of heaven on earth, the glory of God, the power of God manifesting on earth in and through all of us, the body of Christ. Heaven on earth, amen? Hallelujah. One more, go to Acts 17.6. Acts 17.6, and I'm going to close it out on this. Here we go. I'm going to fight the good fight. Of faith. Acts 17 6. Look at this. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, the government, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. We can't talk about fighting the good fight of faith without talking about resisting a corrupt and tyrannical government that is trying to pull us away from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's trying to pull us away from the written word of God. Amen? They are trying to desensitize us to evil. That's what they're trying to do. And resisting and disobeying corrupt government is a good fight. And here's the reason why. Are you ready? The government trying to shut down local churches and silence Christians means that if, if those evil laws and dictates are obey, obeyed, it means more people are going to go to hell. It means the kingdom of darkness will be expanded. It means Christians will fall away. God says, do not forsake the assembly of yourselves together as the custom of some are. Amen? Amen. Even so, even more as the days are ending. Christians should never obey any law that would try to silence them. That should not even be an option to us as Christians. When the government tells us to be quiet, shout it louder from the rooftops. Demons are directing those evil leaders to make those laws. 
And it will be a cold day in hell before I'll bow down to any politician or any demonic spirit that would try to pull us away from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So here we go. Jason was harboring and hiding Paul from the religious or government leaders of that day that forbid him to preach Christ. I want you to notice that the early church disregarded every law or every mandate that was contrary to the word of God. Every law that they had that would hinder the promotion of the kingdom of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, believers said, nope, I'm going to obey God rather than man. Friends, we are at a time in history right now that we need to do that more than ever before. Amen? Yeah, but Pastor James, you know, it says these things are going to happen in the end times. Just listen to, oh, oh are you ready? Here's, here's, here's the deal. Just because it's revealed in, pro, in biblical prophecy what's going to happen doesn't mean that's the will of God. He's just telling us what's going to happen. So here we got Christians who are saying, well, you know, these things are going to happen. So we're just going to kind of go with the flow because Jesus is going to come back soon, right? We're going to help Jesus come back because it's in Bible prophecy. Would you get a life? Would you get some spiritual common sense? There is never a time, there's never a good reason to obey evil. Just because God says there's an antichrist coming, because there's a great falling away, because these things, many Christians are just sitting back and saying, oh, look at it go. No, we're still supposed to fight for righteousness. We're still supposed to. Here, here's the deal. You know what? Here's the kind of preacher I am. All right? I'm, I'm this preacher. Occupy until Jesus returns. I know you don't, you don't hear me talking a lot about, you know, the, the end time stuff and all that and getting caught up. Here's, here's the temptation of many Christians is that they're just, they're, they're sitting and doing nothing. And just like in Acts when Jesus went up, the, all, the, all the believers were just looking up. And finally some angels had to give those believers some common sense and say, what are you doing? Jesus is going to return the same way. Now go ahead and get busy. So that's why I am an occupy until he returns. Because there's work to do on this earth. Are you following me? There is work to do. So just because it's in the word, because evil's coming, doesn't mean you flow with it. You resist it with everything you got. And that's the only way you're going to receive your crown anyways, is resisting evil and exalting the Lord Jesus Christ. Is anybody in the house today? The word of God and our commitment to him trumps any earthly government system that is corrupt in promoting evil. The people that were fighting Jason, Paul, and the other believers, listen to this. They have, they said this, these evil leaders, ready? They have turned the world upside down. They have turned the world upside down. Here's the deal. This is how, how people see it because, because the world doesn't see things right. The worldly, listen, oh, come on, follow me. The world was seeing it that they were turning it upside down. But really, we as Christians, we're trying to turn it right side up. That's what's happening. We're trying to turn what the curse brought in, the curse put it upside down. We're trying to put it right side up, back to a God's original intent. 
But see, those that are in the world, you notice that? The unsaved, those that are in the world, seen it differently. It's that different perspective. It's through those demonic goggles. Are you following me? So Paul was being a minister of reconciliation to bring people to Jesus, getting people back to the original intent and purpose of God. The the fall turned things upside down, but saints, I'm telling you right now, with every act of obedience to the Word of God, with every act of obedience to the Holy Ghost, you're turning things right side up. We are trying to put them back. Here's what the Holy Ghost said. He said, when you're doing this, you're trying to put things back into divine order. Every act of obedience. Every act of obedience to the written word or to the spoken word when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something. We are putting things back into divine order in the name of Jesus. And this evil world system is filled with confusion. Again, that's why they saw it differently. Oh, they're turning my world upside down. Because you ain't seeing clearly. Come on. Church, don't ever back down from the good fight of faith. It is a fight. But it is a fight worth fighting for. Amen? And putting the effort in. Your eternal life, in fact, is at stake. And the eternal life of those that you come in contact with are in stake. So lock in with absolute commitment. Push aside every distraction. Amen? We are in a battle, and it is a battle we must win. Because our eternity, the destination, depends on it. Let's fight the good fight of faith. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we're going to fight this fight of faith. No matter a demon, government, whoever tries to stop us, we're resisting in the name of Jesus. There's no way, there's no way demons and Democrats are going to tell us to disobey the word. I said there's no way. No way. Now listen to me. Someone in here. You have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And I'm going to lump them together. You've never made Jesus Lord of your life. Or you're in a backslidden state. You tasted of the good gift. But you've wandered away from the truth. If you have have wandered, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to meet me up here after service. And let's get this straight. Let's get it settled out right now. Because time is short. Amen? I'm telling you right now. They, that Antichrist is on his way. And we've seen the system and what the system can do. Are you following me, somebody? Oh, my. Now, maybe there's someone here you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. You need the Holy Spirit baptism. Jesus said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Guys, I'm telling you, if you're going to fight the good fight of faith, if you're trying to do it without the Holy Ghost, oh, my, my. Mm -mm -mm. Don't even try. Don't even try. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, come on up here, and I want to pray with you to do that. Now, maybe you need a prayer for healing, uh, you know, a family member, whatever it is. Like I say, I'll stay here as long as I can. But I'm telling you right now, there was fire in the house today. This This message was burning in me today. I mean, even more so preaching it than writing it. There's someone I'm writing, I can feel the fire. And this one, I was like, all right, Holy Ghost, I'm going to obey you. But when I got up here to preach it, I felt fire. Amen. Amen. So, Father God, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Lift your hands to the Lord right now. Lord, I pray for every person right now in this building. 
and watching online. Lord, I pray that you would encamp them with your holy angels. I pray, Lord God, your anointing would be upon them. Give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Lord, I pray they would walk in miracles, signs, and wonders. I pray that every need would be provided. That, Lord God, any hindrance in their walk with you, that you would reveal it to them. Lord God, that they would repent, they would get it straight. And, Lord God, that you would do that for them personally. And us as a corporate body, Lord, as, as the people who come here, as we continue to grow. Lord, my, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, Lord, as the pastor of this church, I will never veer from the truth. I will always be bold and speak the truth to your people, the people that you bring to this place. So, Father, we thank you. We love you. Give us a great week until we come back again. And everybody said, amen. amen. I love you all. Have a great week. Hallelujah. You need prayer? Come on up.